All righty. Amen. We got a lot to say. <laughs> and I need you to listen. God is good. Like I said, Dr. Holler is being the apostle today in McKinney, Texas. And I'm so blessed that Dylan chooses to be his chauffeur. One of these days, I'm going to get me one of those. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you today about God's love. Um, I didn't know what God's love was until I was probably 20 years old. I mean, I had accepted Jesus as my Savior, but I really didn't know that he loved me. And if you don't know that God loves you, you can't walk in love because you're not completely confident of who you are. But when you know you're loved, you can do anything. <laughs> Amen. Galatians 5.5. 5. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, which works by love. Number one, faith, faith's operating system, or its fuel of love. John 15, 9 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Do you know what abide means? It means spending time with that person. You know, we don't, we don't always think about, you know, Jesus likes to hear from us, not just asking for things, but just to thank him for all the things, the great things that he has brought into our lives. And it can be a two-way conversation. But if you just sit and meditate on his love and listen for his voice. I didn't listen to his voice this morning when he told me to bring my keys in here. But anyway, it's just that little voice speaking to you, and it can make a lot of difference for you. And so it's important that we abide in his love. You know, in your workplace, uh, you take breaks. You take coffee breaks, lunch breaks, and definitely potty breaks. But I say, take a love break. Take a love break. Get along with God and spend time telling him how much you love him. Amen? Just tell him. He's so good to us. You know, I was talking with uh, Charles this morning, and it's not, it's not that we don't go through things. Because we do, we're in this fallen world and things happen. And, uh, but what we do with those things, it what's, it's what makes the difference. Whether we're going to get bitter or better. Amen, Amen. Amen. that's a quote Charles Howell. Anyways, <laughs> so he's helping me preach this morning, but it's the truth. You know, I have seen people when things, bad things happened in their life, they blamed God. And God had nothing to do with it. And uh, that's one thing I have always wanted to get across to people. God is love, and he only does good. That other God was in the Old Testament, but since then there's been a cross, and a debt was paid. Every debt was paid for everybody. All you got to do is believe it. Amen. Well, my love breaks are first thing in the morning. I have five devotionals I read out of. And it's amazing 
how so many of them coincide with each other. And lately, he's really been speaking to me about his love. And um, years ago, when we were in McKinney, the, the housing market crashed. And we had just bought a house. And uh, anyway, for six years, I fought for that house. Every first of the month, I got up and I said, God, I don't know how you're going to make the payment this month, but you will because you always do. And he did it for six straight years. I mean, supernatural finances came to us out of nowhere. You know, people just sending us money in the mail. And he just always made a way. But then there came a time, because you were here, that I needed to let that house go. And so we sold it and moved here. So there is no heartache in that. I mean, God got us through that hard time. I told John one time, I said, because I get up and pray every morning, I said, I felt so close to God at that point, which seemed to be the hardest time in my life. But I could feel his presence right here. And when you feel his presence that close to you, it changes your life. Anyway, so, you know, after I read my devotionals, I just sit and think about him. And I thank him for salvation, for family, for my church family. And when God brings your face to me, I pray for you by name and thank him for you being in my life. You know, if I thanked him for everything, if I told you what all I thank him for, well, we wouldn't even go home today. So I don't think you wanted me to do that. But, you know, it's just the small things just the little things that he does that makes us know that you're on his mind. You are on his mind all the time. I don't know how he does that, except he's God. And, you know, he loves you dearly and only wants good for your life. So when you're hard at work and when busyness sets in, when problems rise up or when discouragement comes, remember, take your love break spend time with him. Amen. 1 John 4.10. Amen. I got to tell you a story about a guy in here in a little bit. You helped me right there. It says, um, herein is love. Not that we loved God. See, he loved us first. And people forget that. They think they're always having to work for him to get his love. But he already loved you. He still loves you to eternity and beyond, or infinity, whatever. And, um, but that he loved us and sent his, sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And number two, love cannot be defined from the human perspective. God's love is so far beyond anything we could ever imagine. And, it, you know, but his love starts with God loving us. And that's the one thing you have to understand. You know, I was raised in a denomination that, you know, I did, even as a kid, I was deathly afraid of God. I didn't like him. I thought, man, you are one me God. I don't really care to know you. And that's, that's the experience of a lot of people, which is sad. But when I really come to know his love, it changed me. And it will change you too. You know, I just sat in awe still 
40-something years later and thank him every day for what he did for me because it was a horrible price. And, you know, people got mad when Mel Gibson did his movie about the crucifixion, and they said it was too violent. But the truth is, it was much worse. He, they said his, his face wasn't even recognizable. You know, I mean, think about that price. And if you have any questions, does God love me? Is he willing to heal me? Is he willing to help me in my finances? Whatever you need, it got paid for on that cross. Amen. He loves you dearly. And I just want you to think, if you don't know Jesus today, I just ask that you ask him into your heart because I promise you it won't be the same ever again. And you're only going up. 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You know, you're birthed into God. Number three, you were birthed, we were birthed into God's family by love, not just to save us from hell. Although, hey, that's a good benefit, right? I accept it. So therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. You know, when John and I were 20 years old, we'd been married four years, and we decided we were going to turn our lives over to God. Both of us had gotten saved at a young age, but we never made Jesus Lord. And there is a difference. When he becomes your all in all, life changes. And um, it was pretty amazing, you know, because when our friends came over, all we wanted to talk about was Jesus and what he's done for us and what he can do for you. And I mean, I'm sure we were cramming it down their throats because... <laughs> Our friends all walked away. <laughs> and it was the best thing that ever happened to us, honestly. Our best friend became our 60-year-old pastor and his wife. And every Monday evening, we went to their house, and we sat around their table and talked about the Word of God. And it grounded us. It grounded us in the very beginning that helped us to be able to walk the walk it just helps. If you can get grounded in the Word of God, then when situations arise, they don't disturb you. You just walk it out. It's called a walk of faith. And you can talk about it real easy when nothing bad is going wrong. But when, you know, stuff, life happens, you don't get mad at God. He didn't do it. I, that, if you don't remember anything else here today, remember that. God does not bring bad things. He doesn't to have to have one more rose for his bouquet and all that stuff that's been taught. It's not true. But we are birthed into his family. <laughs> I love it. Number four, love is alien to the world. You know, they look at us like we're weird, and I guess according to the world, we are. Because we're happy all the time close <laughs> you know but we are different we are different I've actually had people come up to me complete strangers and say to me what is it about you you're different and I you know what a great opportunity there's my open door to witness about Christ but the, the really your attitude and the way your life goes people are watching you 
They are watching you all the time to see if you really are walking this walk. And it's important to be a good witness for him. You know, one time years ago, John and I were in Buda, Texas. It's not Buda. It's Buda. <laughs> it's south of Austin. And uh, that's where the kids are today, going today. Uh, we were at a gas station, and this couple, young couple, it was so cute, came driving up in a pickup. I mean, it looked like uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. They had furniture, they had stuff everywhere all over their pickup. I mean, it looked like they had everything in there that they owned. And all several little ragamuffins in there with them. And, you know, the compassion of God. I went around on this side to talk to her, and John went around on the other side to talk to her husband. And, you know, we just shared the love of God with them and just prayed with them before they left. And so I got back in the car, and I was a little nervous. I told John, he said, well, how'd it go? I said, well, it went real good. Um, I gave her $50. <laughs> and John goes, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. If, if you felt like God told you to do that, then you always obey him. I said, well, okay, so how'd it go for you? <laughs> he said, well, I gave him $100. <laughs> Amen. But when you have Christ in you, I mean, that's the kind of thing, it's so alien to the world that somebody would do that. I never, we never saw them again. I have no clue where they were going, but God saw them right where they were, and he knew what they needed, and he brought us to that gas station to meet up with them. That's the love of God. And it's a, it's a powerful moving force. You know, it makes you do things you would never think you could do. One thing, I never thought I'd be standing before people pre preaching because I was so shy. I mean, I found the corner of the room where a whole crowd was in and hid because I, I don't know why. I was just always afraid of people and just wasn't comfortable. You know, I mean, John Holler, he never meets a stranger. He always goes up, hey, how are you doing? I'm like. <laughs> but because of him, that's why I'm here. Because he's encouraged me. He was encouraging me all morning, texting me. Remember who you are. You're a holler. So holler. <laughs> Amen. And you know, when you know you're loved, it's so easy. It's so much easier to love other people. Amen. You know, when we were in pastoring in McKinney, we were praying for a revival. And the Lord just spoke to me and he said, this is going to be an ugly harvest. Are you ready? Well, I didn't have a clue what he was saying. An ugly harvest? Okay, and I mean, according to the world, some of the ugliest people walked into our church and got saved, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I remember one man came forward one Sunday, and, you know, he was just, you could see condemnation all over him. Wouldn't even hold his head up, and um, he came up forward to get saved, and John was ministering to him, and and, you know, he's just telling John what a sorry scumbag he is and all that. And, and John just 
took his chin and said, look at me. You've accepted Christ as your Savior just now. You're not a scumbag. He said, let me tell you something. Watch this. Everybody in this congregation that has been on drugs, has been an alcoholic, has been a thief, every dirty, rotten thing you could think of, stand up. I got to tell you, I was shocked. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> We've all got a past. We've all got a past. But it's forgotten. Once you accept Jesus as your Savior, it's like John said, every dirty, rotten, sorry thing you've ever done just goes away. You got a clean slate. Isn't that wonderful? Woo! Amen. Thank you, Jesus. First John 4:16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Number five, when you believe the love, you are believing God. Believe in the love. It's that simple. Just believe in the love that God has for you. Because when you do that, it gives you such a confidence that you can be such a shining light out in this world because there's a lot of people out there hurting. They need Jesus. I know they're ugly and they're mean. That's the way the people are the world, the, of the world are. They just are because they're hurting. And hurt people hurt people. And so when this love comes to them, it's amazing what it does to people's lives. I've seen such radical, well, my husband was the first one I really witnessed, radical salvation. Because he, he was Mr. Popular in Love County. He had, a rock, he had the best rock and roll band in the whole county. You know, so everybody was after him. And um, his guitar was his God. It came before me and the kids. That was his life. And so when he did, you know, turn his life around, he laid that guitar down and didn't play it for years because he knew what that had, how, uh, what a hold it had on him. You know, we have things sometimes in our life that we don't realize are holding us back. And when they come to Christ, when we come to Christ, we've got to lay it down. Because you know what? He usually gives it back to us. And when we went to Christ for the nations, uh, he gave it back to him. And he played, you know, with the band there. That They went out every weekend and went to the ju uh, juvenile detention centers with their band and preached. And, you know, that's the God. He redeemed it. That's what he does. He redeems when things, when, when we will finally give things up, he always gives them back and better and better. You know, works are important, but that's not what gets you to heaven. You see, works are where your reward comes in. And hey, I got a big reward. I mean, I've got, I'm just saying. I'm kidding. But really... It's not your salvation you're working for. It's for your rewards so that when you get in heaven, I mean, you're going to have a mansion. You're going to have the kind of furniture you want. You got somebody mowing your yard. Ian. 
You got somebody washing your dishes. No, it's going to be a wonderful place. It is a wonderful place. You know, I've heard people come back and give one of the most dramatic uh, experiences to me was that little boy that died. He, where the, he, they wrote the book, Heaven is Real. That, there's no way a little kid that age could make that up. He really went to heaven and came back. And that, I mean, and the things that he said about what it was like, he didn't even know his mother had miscarried a baby. And he said, I met my sister. Isn't that awesome? God is so good. You know, but love provided grace so you can believe and be saved. Love is more than a quality or an attribute. It's a person, the person of Jesus Christ. He is full of love for you. Matthew 24, 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Are we seeing that happening in our world? It's really happening more and more, and, and that's sad. That's why we've got to be the shining light out there. You're the only hope. The only reason Jesus hadn't come back is because you're here and he's wanting as many people to get saved as, the, as that will. Because it's like Pastor John said, you going to heaven is not your reward. It is a reward, but you are Jesus' reward. He came here to get you to heaven, and you're his reward. Just think about that. Meditate on that. He loves you. Sin never makes love grow. It only makes love diminish. Um, we had some family members that were um, in a denomination, very legalistic. You know, the bun, the long dress, no makeup. Paint that barn, girls. <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Anyway, and they were never happy. They were never happy because they were so sin conscious. They couldn't walk a victorious life because all they were thinking about, oh, my goodness, I sinned, I, I sinned, I sinned, I sinned, you know. That's a miserable life. But that's not the life Jesus has for you. Amen. First mention of love, Genesis 22, 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. That mountain was the same mountain where Jesus hung on that cross. Did you know that? He paid in full the penalty for all mankind. I mean, what a test for Abraham. I, I can't even imagine, because I'm not giving up my sons. N not for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not God. I can't do that. But you know, I know a lot of people, their children have been in the military, and they gave their life for this country. And... Um, Thank God for him. I'm from a military family, I know. But when Jesus paid the highest penalty, the thing I love about it, when he hung on that cross right before he passed, 
He said it is finished. What does that mean to you? To me, it means I can't add to it and I can't take away from it. Amen. So we don't have to work to get there. Amen. Number six, sacrifice is about offering what you need, love and cherish. And this is precisely what God did when Abraham, as God's covenant partner, opened the door for this kind of exchange on earth. He gave God the legal right to give his son to him. It was a covenantal exchange based on love. Years ago when we lived out in San Angelo, we were pastoring out there and John's mom and dad came down to visit us. Now you got to understand, they lived in Thackerville, Oklahoma. I know it's a big booming thing right now, but back then there, yeah. We had 14 in our class, so that tells you how, <laughs> what the size of it was. And so she was in the living room, and all of a sudden she hears an um, ambulance go by. She jumps up, looks out the window, the direction the ambulance was going, do you know anybody that lives out that way? Yeah, Mom, about 20,000 people. But when a, when a siren went off in her town, she knew them personally. And she knew somebody was in trouble because she loved them. That, that is just, it was, it was funny, but it was sweet, you know. But that's, that's how we are. When we love something, we don't want anything bad to happen. Amen. Amen. You know, first it requires that people love one another and above, over and above, how they feel about others. You know, I've heard people say, well, I know I have to love them, but I don't have to like them. But that's not true. Because if you love them, if you love them, you look past all their faults. I mean, I don't have any, but you know. <laughs> Seriously. You know, the Lord has brought so many people into my life that I never dreamed that I would fall head over heels in love with. We had a guy <laughs> in our church in San Angelo. His name was Ronnie Bailey. The first time Ronnie came to church, it was pretty awkward. You know, he, he looked like he was somebody off the street. And when he looked at you, you weren't sure which eye was looking at you. And his hair was all dirty, and he looked like a homeless person. And, um, but Ronnie came to church, and he got saved. And he sat on the front row every Sunday. And when John would preach, he would go, You preach it, John Holler! You preach it! <laughs> he was so sweet. We all fell in love with him. We all fell in love with Ronnie Bailey. And one day, one of our elders was driving to church, and he sees all this commotion on the road in front of him. He's going, what is going on? <laughs> and he drove up, and it was Ronnie passing out gospel tracts with our church name on them, stopping traffic. <laughs> you got to love the guy. How, how can you not love him? He's so sweet. So anyway, so Robert... Or, the elder told him, he said, you know what, Ronnie, come get in the car with me. The police are going to come and get you if you don't stop doing this. He said, let me take you to breakfast. And so they went to breakfast together. He just knew, Ronnie knew 
that he had gone to a place that he was loved. And he wanted to do everything he could to tell people about it. And that's what we do when we know what the love of God is. And it's, it's a wonderful adventure is what I call it. When you come into the family of God, I just encourage you today to love people just where they are. Okay, they're not perfect, but neither are you. So get past it. Get past it. You know, I just wonder what this world would be like if we didn't have denominations dividing us. But if we would really come together as the family of God in unity, well, I think Jesus would come back. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> Amen. Because I'm looking forward to him coming. It's going to be a good day. And so what I've told you today is faith's operating system or its fuel is love. Number two, love cannot be defined by the human perspective. Love starts with God loving us. Number three, we were birthed into God's family by love, not just to save us from hell. Number four, love is alien to the world. Number five, when you believe the love, you are believing God. And number six, sacrifice is about offering what you need, cherish, and love. He has placed a gift in you that only you can do. Only, excuse me, only you can reach a certain person. I don't know if it's at work, whatever. You know, if it's, if it's your boss, you know, sometimes people can be jerks. I know that. But you got to see past. There's a hurt in there somewhere that made them angry and bitter and mean. But if you'll express the love of God, it's the love of God that brings people to repentance. Amen. Amen. God bless you.